Now, as you're seated, if you would, take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 22. We're going to begin in verse 54. You can open up your app on the church app, and it'll open up in Luke 22 for you. We're going to look at the Scriptures this morning. Luke chapter 22, and beginning in verse 54. As I was thinking about this morning and uh, a lot of the ladies that are gone on the retreat and uh, some of those ladies leaving behind a husband and children. And I thought about some of the things that I heard from those ladies or heard other ladies say that a husband said and there was a nervousness of some of those ladies leaving their little children behind in the hands of a dad who may not have been one who had given the regular daily care like the mom had, and a sense of anxiety. And I remember hearing a few statements that some moms said that, now while I'm gone, whatever you do, make sure you do this. Feed the child. Change the diapers. They cannot wear a diaper all day. When it says that the limit is 25 pounds, it doesn't mean the diaper weighs 25 pounds. It's talking about the baby size. And so some of that anxiety, and it made me think of commercial I wanted to show you today, but I could not find it, but can't even remember. Some of you may remember it, but <coughs> I remember this commercial where this husband was watching, I think, a football game on TV, and his wife's going to be gone all day, and she said, uh, now, honey, while I'm gone, I'm just asking you to do these three things. Take out the trash, and she named off two other things, and she said, did you get it? And he said, huh? She said, I just make sure you do this while I'm gone. Take out the trash, she names out three things. Do you get it? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And so it shows him there sitting on the couch, and the sun's shining behind him, and she leaves. Bye, I love you. The next thing we see in that commercial is it's dark outside and headlights hit the, the uh, inside of the walls as she's coming in, and then you see in his eyes the deer in the headlights looks. What was those three things I was supposed to do? That was a man who knew he had blown it. His wife had been gone all, gone all day. She is now coming in. The headlights are hitting, and there was only three things she asked of him to do. Whatever you do, get these three things done, and he didn't do it. He had blown it. Sometimes blowing it in life is simple like that, that maybe it's just a list of a few things. Now, if you feed, forget to feed the child and change the diapers, that's not getting by quite as good as if you didn't take out the trash. But sometimes there are simple things in life that we've blown it. We've been asked to do something and we didn't do it. Sometimes we blow it in life where there's a relationship issue and we've just kind of have messed it up and we've messed it up bad. There are times in our life that we have made decisions and the direction our life is now going, we've blown it. But is there any hope when we're at a point in our life that we've blown it? We're looking at getting new beginnings in our life, and this morning I want to focus on starting over after you've blown it. I believe if there's ever a man or a person that we could look to and see that they have blown it, it's Peter. Peter had walked with the Lord, he'd heard the Lord's teaching, he'd heard the prophecy that the Lord had spoken, he knew what was lying ahead, and the Lord even told him what was going to happen, and Peter had made a statement when the Lord told him that there's going to be some of you that's going to disown me, and Peter said, Lord, if I have to die, I will never disown you, but Peter blew it, 
He has to eat those words. Is it over for Peter or is there hope beyond blowing it? Can you start over after you've messed it up? Let's look at Peter's life in Luke chapter 22. And we're going to pick up in verse 54 after the Lord Jesus has been arrested. He is now being taken to the high priest and he'll be seen before Herod and Pilate. But we're picking up here after Jesus has just been arrested and he's now being taken to the high priest's house. And we see where Peter is after he has made the statement, If I have to die, I will never disown you. I'm reading this out of the New King James this morning. It says, Having arrested him, meaning Jesus, they led Jesus and brought him to the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. I want you to remember that this morning, that Peter who said, I'll never disown you. I would die first. He's following at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. I want you to remember that also. Not only is he following from a distance, but now he's mingling with the wrong crowd. He's with the enemy, you might say. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him, but he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a while, another saw him and said, You also are, are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. But you remember that. They've even not only said that Peter was with Jesus, but they even say, You are one of his followers. You are a Galilean. And he said, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, denying who he even was. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Lord, I come to you this morning and I come to you at a time that as we look at starting over after we've blown it, Lord, there's probably all different levels within this service. Not only some of the men who their, their wives are gone, hopefully they haven't blown it with the kids, all different levels of blowing it. We've blown it with not doing what was asked of us. We've blown it in some relationships. Some may have blown it just in the direction their life has gone and how it has ended up at this point. But Lord, I see from these scriptures from Peter who said he would, deny, he would die before he would disown you. And yet he was restored and he started over. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help those who may feel like there's no hope. I've blown it. There's no chance for me getting straightened out. That there is a chance. If Peter can get restored, they can get restored. Lord, if there's someone here that maybe they've blown it, but they don't even really even care right now. Lord, I pray that, that there will be a deep conviction that was set in that would make a change in their life and set a path of healing. Lord, you have a way of just finding us where we are and what we need. And I pray that you would do that this morning. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and the honor and glory for all that's accomplished. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. How do you get started over? You know, there are some times when 
you just didn't do some things on the list, maybe, you know, the wife will give you a second chance or the husband will give you a second chance. But there are times that when you look at Peter's life and he said that, Lord, I would die before I would disown you. And now he is following at a distance. He's mingled with the crowd. He's even denying who he is. I remember when uh, Michael was a teenager and uh, uh, when he had gone off to college, I'd said this a few times in his life in different scenarios, but I remember when he was leaving, I said, now remember who you are. That statement was not for him to remember his name. My name is Michael Daniel Yeager, but it was as he was leaving our home and he was heading out to stay on his own in another place, I was telling him to remember who your character is, how you were raised, what is the true Michael Daniel Yeager. As I look at these scriptures, if you look at the last few verses that we read here, and you look at verse 61, it says, And the Lord turned after the rooster crowed. Remember, the Lord had told Peter that he would deny him three times before the rooster crowed, and Peter just heard the rooster crow. It wasn't by coincidence. It was all part of revealing some truths for you and I to get a hold of today and show us how that a man's life can go so far and yet be redeemed. And so Peter had denied the Lord three times and the rooster crowed. And in verse 61 it says, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter and notice here, Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows, You will deny me three times. How do we get started over after we've blown it? Sometimes the beginning of getting started over is just remembering where we've come from. Peter, when he heard the rooster crow, he remembered the words of the Lord very clearly. You know, sometimes somebody will say something and you've kind of just kind of discredited it or it hadn't really logged in. And then when something happens, it's like, boom. It's like it's being typed in your brain, computer. That's the way it was when that rooster crowed. It was like, boom. Peter remembered the words of the Lord. He remembered that the Lord said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And the rooster crowed, and Peter's mind remembered those three different times that somebody had said something to him, and he had denied the Lord. And his re mind reflected back, remembering the Lord said this would happen. For us to get start over in our life after we've blown it, sometimes we have to kind of remember where we've come from. I said that I told Michael, now remember who you are. Not just your name, but the, what you've been taught, who your character is, what you believe. Peter was remembering what he'd heard the Lord said, but he was remembering where he came from. Just a few days ago, I would have died for this man in my mind. And now I have denied him three times. Where, how could I go from this point to this point? And there are people in this service today that you may be or you have been where you've been at a point in your life that you've just really blown it. You've gone a long ways from where you used to be, either spiritually or just the direction of your life. And you think, where have I, where have I come from? Here's where I used to be and here's where I am now. And you know what? That's a good thing to do that. To remember where you've come from. 
what, you're teach, what you were taught as you grew up, what has been the plans that you have for your life. There are people that sometimes have dreams of what they want to accomplish in life and what direction they want their life to go. And then there's some bad decisions and it goes down the wrong path. But to get back on the right track, I think the first step is just like Peter, remembering. Remember where you have come from. Remember back of what your nature was, what your character was, what commitments you made. You know, in our area, the divorce rate is over 50%. And a lot of times, if people would just remember those vows, those vows that they said on that wedding day. Whenever I do uh, premarital counseling, I, I let the people who are getting married, I give them a few samples of wedding ceremonies. And I let them choose from that or put pieces together, add what they want in there. And the reason I'm doing that is I want them to be a part of the vows that they're making. I want them to remember that so that in this moment when they're feeling good and they've got all the love, fuzzy feelings and everything's going to be great, we're going to be the greatest married couple that has ever lived. And then when it gets to a point in their life that Hey, wait a minute, I didn't know you didn't put your clothes up. I didn't know you drank out of the bottle, out of the refrigerator. How come you don't ever put the lid on the toothpaste? And, and all these things start setting in, and it's suddenly you find out things about this person. We need to remember where we came from. And I remember on that day I said, for better or for worse, in the good times and the bad times, See, a lot of times getting started over when we've blown it is getting back to the commitments we've made. And that commitment is, I'm here with you through the thick and the thin. Remembering where you come from were the dreams that you had. Remember where you came from were the teaching that you had when you were growing up. Remembering really at a point in your life that you saw things differently than you've drifted to where you are now. Why is it important to remember those things? Because when we start to remember those, and I want you to listen to this very carefully. If you listen, say amen. amen. When we remember where we've come from, listen to this. We remember what is really important. When we remember where we come from, we remember what is really important. See, a lot of times we get kind of caught up in moments and the emotions and we forget what is really important in life. What really matters. What has substance. And that's what has caused us. If Peter, as he's remembering what the Lord has said, and he's remembering what he had said, he's remembering where he's come from and what was really important a few days ago, now that it has suddenly taken a different path. Remember where you come from. The second thing I would say is repent of your mistakes. You see, if you look at this verse, Peter not only remembered the words of the Lord, but in verse 62 it says, Peter went out and he wept bitterly. That expression is letting us know that Peter wasn't happy with who he was at that moment. Peter wasn't happy with the decisions that he had made. And so he's at a state in his life that he's repenting of the mistake that he has made, of what he has done wrong. Any of you ever used to watch Happy Days? Anybody used to do that? If you remember Happy Days, you remember a fellow on there named Fonzie, right? 
Now, if any of you younger folks don't remember Happy Days, watch Antenna TV or something like that. <laughs> you probably see it on there. But Fonzie was is a high school setting. Fonzie is, the, you know, the high school dropout, but he's Mr. Cool, you know, and every, every guy fears Fonzie, and every guy wishes he could get the girls like Fonzie. He just, you know, he just goes, hey, snaps his finger, and girls are all over him, you know. He's an idol, you might say. He's got a motorcycle. He's Mr. Cool. And Mr. Cool, one of the things about Fonzie was Fonzie never made a mistake. Now, some of you wives are thinking, that's my husband. He's never taken a wrong turn. He's never had to ask for directions because he's never made a mistake. But I remember watching one of the shows about Fonzie, and he had, he had blown it. He had messed up. And it all came to a point that Fonzie needed to apologize. And if you saw that same show, you remember Fonzie saying, I was... What? I was... Fonzie, I can't understand you. What are you saying? I was... He just couldn't say he was wrong. He made a mistake. He had blown it. He had messed up. Peter went out and he wept bitterly because he knew and he admitted it. He had blown it. He had made a mistake. He had messed up. He owned it. Now, for some reason, it seems to be easier for a woman to own a mistake than it is for a man. I don't know why that is. I guess it's the same reason we don't want to ask directions or admit we've made a mistake. We're like Fonzie. We don't want to say, I was wrong. But male or female, to get our lives started over after we've blown it, we've got to get to a point that we repent of the mistakes that we made. And repentance is not just saying I was wrong and just saying I was sorry. But repenting of your mistakes, the word repent means to make a U-turn. And let me tell you this morning, i got good news for you. God allows U-turns. A U-turn is when you're headed in one direction and you know this is not the right way and you turn back and go back to where you came from. Peter was at a point in his life that he wept bitterly because he knew what he had done was a mistake. It was wrong. Instead of disowning the Lord, he should have been standing up for the Lord. For you and I to really get started over, we got to get to a point in our life we got to say, I've blown it. I made a mistake. And you know, we're real good at pointing fingers, aren't we? Hey, you did this, or if you hadn't have done that. But you know, the Bible tells us about love. It says, love keeps no record of wrongs. We're reminded of the old thing when we point our finger, when we're pointing one finger out, there's three fingers pointing back at us. And so starting over is where we can repent of our mistakes and own our mistakes and say, I've blown it. Eat crow. Swallow your words. Acknowledge that it's been the wrong path that you've gone down. Peter had to repent of his mistakes. And I think the third thing that you've got to do to start over is you've got to renew the closeness that you once had. Not only remember where you've come from, and repent of the mistakes and own that because you want to get back to what is important. 
but renew the closeness that you once had. You notice in the Scriptures I was talking about, it said that Peter followed from a distance. The more that was happening, the more distant Peter was getting from the Lord. And I found that that's a lot of times what happens in marriage relationships. Matter of fact, when I'm doing premarital counseling, I tell people as we're looking at the Scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, and it says love is patient, love is kind. And one of the things that I have found is that when a husband and wife start drifting in being kind to one another, the relationship is going down the tube. I can remember a, a couple that uh, used to attend here years ago, and, and they all the time were cutting each other, little sharp marks, and you know laugh, they'd laugh about it. Somebody would cut the other one down, and they'd laugh. But I could tell it was hurting, and I said something one time. I said, y'all need to be careful about that. That's going to come back to haunt you. And they said, nah, 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 we do that all the time. They're now divorced. They'd lost the kindness. And when we lose that closeness, that kindness, things are heading in a separating of following from a distance. I don't know if any of you men do this, but when I, me and my wife were dating, I, I, I would open the door for the car for her to get in. Mainly because my car was in so bad shape, I didn't want to know the, the door would fall off if I didn't hold it. But I opened the door and let her in the car. And, and I still do that today, except when she's in a hurry, she gets in there and shuts the door. Wham, pam. Oh, okay, you all right? <laughs> but I still do that because I want to keep the kindness. My wife, my mother was a good cook, and my wife's mother was a good cook, but my wife cooks more like my mother. And I asked her one day, years ago, I said, it's strange, our mothers are both good cooks, but you cook more like my mom. She said, well... I figured you liked your mom's cooking, so I just watched how she cooked, and I started cooking like her. I thought, that's a wise woman. At least it did seem wise to me. And she still is a great cook and cooks regular. She told me a few years ago that she felt a lot of pressure because she thought she always had to cook me a meat, a vegetable, and bread, and a dessert for every meal, including breakfast. <laughs> she still keeps up those good meals because she's trying to keep that kindness in as long as we keep kindness, there's closeness. And in marriage relationships, when those moments of opening the door turns into, boop, 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 hurry up, we're going to be late, you're messing the day up. Kindness is drifting. When fixing those special meals becomes a moment of, hey, if you want something, you know where the freezer is and you know where the microwave is. Have at it, big boy. We're losing the closeness because we lost the kindness. There may be some in here today that you're kind of drifting in the closeness and you need to renew that closeness as you once had. You see, Peter was falling from the Lord. And not only was he falling from the Lord, but he was associating with the wrong people. I've seen many relationships and families and even churches begin to fall apart because they've associated with the wrong people people. The scriptures I read, I told you, remember that Peter sat down among them. He was trying to fit in with the other folks when he needed to be staying close to the Lord. You also notice that in the scriptures, I may mention that they said, hey, you are a follower. You're a Galilean. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. 
denying who you really are. You see, when you renew that closeness of what that you once had, then you're getting back on the right track to start over. Starting over after you've blown it. It's all different levels, isn't it? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if I did, I could imagine some would say, yeah, I've, I've blown it with my husband or my wife. I haven't been faithful. I didn't, I'm not the man or the woman I used to be. Remember where you came from and those vows you made, and you can get back. You see, you may say, well, no, they won't give me another chance. You know, God is amazing at healing hurts, restoring relationships. And you know a person is really good at restoring relationships when they're willing to do it themselves. You see, if we were to look in the Scriptures, and I think it's in John chapter 21, we can look at this and we say, man, Peter blew it. And I can imagine that the Lord died with anger in his eyes looking at Peter. But we see in John chapter 21 that when the Lord was resurrected, he had an encounter with Peter. And you know what he asked Peter? Now remember, the, the rooster crowed after Peter denied him three times. I don't know the man. Matter of fact, in different uh, Gospels, we see not only him saying, I don't know him, but he even says that he cursed. I mean, he was bringing out the very worst. And when we, when we forget where we've come from and we don't admit our mistakes and we start getting drifting apart and we start hanging around with the wrong people, everything starts falling apart in our lives. But Peter had denied the Lord three times and after the Lord had been resurrected, he looked at Peter and he asked an unusual question. Now, if it had been me, I'd say, now how do you feel about what you've done to me? But the Lord asked this question, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. Now, Peter still knows he's done wrong. And he, the Lord said, do you love me with an agape love, unconditional love of choice? Peter said, Lord, you know I phileo love you. I love you with a friendship. And so the Lord said, well, well feed my lambs. And then he looked at Peter again. And he said, Peter, do you love me? Lord, Lord you know that I love you. He's still saying, I love you with a phileo love. And he said, tend my sheep. And then the third time, Peter three times had denied the Lord. And the Lord asked Peter three times, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know that I love you. And then he said, feed my sheep. You know what the Lord was doing? You see, if we go back, the Lord also told Peter, he said, he said when you fall... I want you to go back and restore the brethren. You see, before all this mess ever happened, the Lord already had a plan of restoration and to restore Peter to use him. And I don't think it was by accident that Peter denied the Lord three times and three times the Lord asked him, do you love me? The Lord was restoring Peter and getting him right on the, back, on the right track. No matter how you've blown it in your life today, the Lord is great at restoring and healing and you may not can do anything about any relationship with somebody else if you've blown it with someone. But the Lord is even good at working in other people's hearts besides our own. So I want to encourage you this morning, don't give up. If you've blown it, the Lord can get you back on the right track and start you all over. Whether it's a relationship or the direction of your life, 
If you've blown it, let me tell you, God's got something good in store for you. To use you to help others and to give you maybe even a better plan than you thought. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And this morning while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, let me just ask the question this morning. Do you feel like you've blown it? Is it time? Maybe you've given up. Thought there's no hope. But maybe today you need to decide it's time for me to allow the Lord to help me start over and get back on track. Remember where you come from because that will help you remember what's really important. Repent of your sins. Own the mistakes that you've made. And then renew the closeness that you once had. Get back to what makes you strong. And then you can start over. The Lord is good at healing broken hearts. Repairing the path of our life. So if you've blown it, let me tell you. If the Lord could restore Peter, He can restore you too. You just need to put your life into His hands. And just say, Lord, you know I love you. And let Him take it from there. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one's looking around, maybe in some way you feel like you've kind of blown it in your life. And you just need to put your life in the Lord's hands and say, Lord, I love you. I'm leaving it in your hands. It may be a relationship. Maybe raising your kids. Maybe the direction of your life. Whatever it may be, if you'll just put it in the Lord's hands and say, Lord, I love you and I trust you. He can take it from there. If you've kind of blown it in your life in some area and you need some prayer, would you just raise up your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Yes, 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 yes. Lord, I come to you this morning. Lord, I know that when hands go up as fast as I saw some of those hands go up, that that means, Lord, you are definitely doing a healing work in someone's life. And so, Lord, for the many hands that went up that said, Pastor, would you pray for me? I've blown it. I don't know how they've blown it. Maybe it's the direction of their life. Maybe it's breaking some dreams. Maybe it's some damaged relationships. Maybe it's raising of children. Maybe it's a parent relationship. Maybe it's just life hasn't gone the way that it should have gone. I've made some bad decisions. Lord, my prayer is that the beginning of that would just be remembering where they've come from when it was on the right path. Repenting of their mistakes, just owning what they've, mistakes they've made. And then renewing a closeness to you and to others that will get them back on the right track. Lord, my prayer is that right now, those who raise their hands are saying, Lord, I love you. And I'm going to trust you and put it in your hands and ask you to help me start all over. And Lord, I pray that you would just work in a mighty way. Sometimes starting over is a slow path. But Lord, I know that you can do healing like nobody has ever dreamed before. And Lord, I ask where healing is needed, where opportunities are needed, God, where turning back is needed, God, that you would just work in those lives. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and honor and glory. For it's in your holy name we pray and claim victory. Amen.